Hey everybody, thank you for downloading this episode of the Final Third Podcast. We have quite the episode for you guys today. We talk about Australia beating Peru to go to the World Cup. Darwin Nunez going from Benfica to Liverpool. And of course, a bunch of other transfers. We talk about Pulisic, Lukaku, Skriniar, Dembele, even Pochettino leaving PSG and potentially Zidane moving into that spot. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. It is our first episode of the week. It's coming out on a Tuesday. Usually it's on Monday, even though that sometimes isn't the case. But regardless, it's our news and predictions episode where we talk about the biggest news, predict some games uh, that are coming up, and you know, just talk about soccer both on and off the field. And my name is AJ Tabura. I'm a fan of Minnesota United, West Ham United, the U.S. national teams, and... Uh, Minnesota Aurora, which Jack and I went to uh, their second ever home game on Friday. That was a fun three to one win over Chicago City FC. I'm rocking the hat right now that I got there. So pretty, pretty fun game. That was definitely go support your local soccer team, especially local women's soccer team. And as always, I'm joined by the person who picked me up from the the bus station and uh, took me to the game. Jack, Jack, how are you feeling? Uh, pretty good. You know, nice. uh, somehow my 24 year old car made it uh, on the highway, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was, it was looking risky for a second though. It was. And, uh, trying to make a left out of that stadium was a Stressful. nightmare, yeah. but it's fine. It's fine. We made it and it was a great time. I am a fan of Chelsea, Minnesota United, Minnesota, Aurora, Minneapolis city. Uh, <laughs> the list grows longer every time. Atalanta. Yes, yes. Uh, the French national team. We're going to try and steer away from that uh, because I don't want to talk about that right now. Uh, And the U S national teams and uh, from my Jersey, which isn't visible, the Slovak national teams too. Yeah. yeah, And there's a very specific reason why, why I've put this Slovak Jersey on, but we'll, we'll talk about it later. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jack, before we get to anything, I know last week you talked about your uh, mystery kit that you got from away days. Well, I actually, got my mystery scarf that i talked about last okay. week and it's right next to me and it is aik of sweden of the aliven skin whatever however you pronounce it uh the most the most successful club out of their capital city of stockholm so i was really happy to get that i specifically wanted a a very obscure team obviously aik is not that obscure i mean they've i think they're like the only stockholm team uh to make it into like a major European competition. So they're obviously well-known if you know anything about Swedish football. But still, I thought it was really nice. I, I don't have like a, a majority black scarf, so I think that'll be a good, uh, a, a little good juxtaposition with my other colorful scarf. So thank you, you Away go. Days. Sponsor us, yeah. please. Please. Uh, we'd love it because we love the products. AJ likes the scarves. I like the kits. We've spent some money on it. it, it uh, it's I highly recommend it. You know, I, I've never been disappointed with one of their, yes. their kits. Yes. And of course, of course, we'll take we'll take any money, but definitely <laughs> from uh, the companies that we like, like Away Days. Anyways, and, and enough sh- enough shilling for a company that isn't even paying us. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different things here, uh, including some transfers. It's a very transfer heavy episode. This one will be because not a lot of soccer being played or at least 
very pertinent soccer right now. No offense to the Nations League. We already talked about the Nations exactly. League last and week. You know, if, yeah. you, if you want to listen to that, you can, uh, you know, go to our website, finalthirdshow.com. Check out everything there. And, you know, if you like that, you can go to our Twitter at Final Third Show. Wow. The the brand integration, you know, the <laughs> synergy is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, yes. Anyways, we are also going to talk about uh, what we're going to talk about first, which is Australia beating Peru in the World Cup qualification intercontinental playoff. That's a mouthful. And so we're going to start off with that story. Of course, the day this comes out, New Zealand and Costa Rica are going to be playing and Barring any crazy mishaps, I think Costa Rica probably is going to be taking that one home. But I'm cheering for New Zealand. I'm cheering for New Zealand. I, I cheer for New Zealand, but I don't think uh, one of our favorite players, Michael Boxel, is going to be representing them. I'm still is... cheering for New Zealand. All right. All right. Being, I, come on. We, that's the only chance for OFC representation in the World Cup. That's yes, it. Yes, it is. It so, is. So, you know, I, I, I'd like to see that. So it's like an actual World Cup and not, you know, just almost the whole World Cup. Yeah, but at the same time, Kaylor Navas, of course, you know, I'm going to uh, cheer for him. He, he's going to be <sighs> yeah, your the, favorite player of all time. I know. Well, it, honestly, one of one of <laughs> uh, my favorite players of all time. Definitely still underrated. And of course, my favorite center back, Francisco Calvo. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So you can barely even get through that sentence yeah, without yeah. laughing, yeah. So obviously we can't talk about that game because it's in the future when we're recording it. But we did just watch, or I, I did, Jack. I, I don't know how much you watched. I, I was watching during work, so I, I, I shouldn't have been watching, but I, I was watching. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a little bit. I saw the right. penalty shootout. All right, and th- that, that's most of it. Australia yeah, take exactly. on Peru. And this was a very interesting match, especially because of kind of the run-up to that. Obviously, Peru... I mean, from their first five qualifying matches, they only got one point in Conway Bowl World Cup qualifying. So everything looked like it was out of sorts for them and they weren't going to qualify after qualifying last World Cup cycle. And lo and behold, they were able to string up form. And in the last game against Paraguay, they got the 2-0 win, which took them into uh, that fourth spot, I believe, for Conway Bowl. Uh, it is fifth. no fifth, fifth, fifth spot, fifth spot. That's right. And they qualified for the playoffs. So already, like the momentum was in Peru's hand. Australia, on the other hand, was completely, I, I'd say the opposite because they really had a, a good run. Uh, apparently they had eight wins from eight with only two conceded. And yeah, after that, wasn't very good after that uh they lost to japan and i believe october and the only win that they got in 2022 was against the bottom seed vietnam so obviously even socceroos fans even australia fans were betting against australia and so this game it all came down to that game uh it was a one-off one leg because it, it was being held in qatar and Australia basically came out on top. It, it, it was not the best of games from both sides. Pretty even both sides had their chance. Australia, especially uh, very much near the end of regulation, I felt like had uh, a good amount of chances. Uh, but overall, 
I, I, I think it took until the second half for both goalkeepers to make a save. Like there were not any shots on target. That's how tepid this match was. Very, very calculated. Both sides not trying to give anything up or on the flip side, maybe not being able to create anything at all. And so it was 0-0 after regulation. And then just as when I was listening, the commentator said, we're probably going to expect the same out of uh, extra time. And that was the case. It went all the way through extra time, all the way through 30 minutes, and it was still goose egg and goose egg, zero, zero. And so it went to penalties. But Jack, something very special happened right before penalties. Did you were, did you catch that? Is this, uh, is it the goalkeeper sub or uh, is it something yes, else? Yes, it, yes. The, go- the goalkeeper sub, which, <laughs> you know, as a Chelsea fan, you probably are very uh, well acquainted with. I'm aware of them and how dangerous they can be and how yeah. good they can be. Yeah. So, so in your opinion, obviously not taking into this result into mm-hmm. account, are you pro against goalkeeper switching? I it, it depends if it, if it works, you know, it, it will be considered well, great. But if it doesn't, it works. Uh, I, I think it's it's fine. You know, uh, some goalkeepers are just better at saving penalties like it, it could be because they're they They have a better leap or they've played against the team before, which is, you know, why. Uh, Maurizio Sarri wanted to sub off Kepa in favor of Willy Caballero against Manchester City in that cup final, uh, the infamous cup final, uh, which led to Maurizio Sarri's reign falling apart, of course. But, uh, you know, that there's a lot of reasons for it. And I'm not sure of any particular reason for the switch here. I, well, I'm, I, I'm not aware of of one. Uh, well, I, if I... If I can look into context clues and to some of what Australia said, I, I think Andrew Redmayne, who is the goalkeeper that got subbed on yep. for Matthew Ryan previously of teams like Arsenal and Brighton. Yep. I, I'm guessing that, that he just has a better penalty uh, record, especially in the Ailey where he plays for Sydney FC. Uh, I, I personally don't know Matt Ryan's penalty record, uh, but if Australia were confident enough to at the very last minute or plus stoppage time, take Matt Ryan out of the game. Th- that really says something because that means that they are confident in him. And yeah, so Australia, people people know players like Rustich, who plays for Eintracht Frankfurt, actually I think scored a penalty uh, to, win it, to win the Europa League for uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, I-, I want to say. I mean, if, he's, if he scores for Australia, I bet he can score for uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. And you have uh, players like uh, Lecky, who I, I noted played for uh, Erta Berlin. Jack, were you going to yeah. say something? Uh, I was going to say Aaron Moy, who played yes. for Brighton. Yes. Uh, the the bald man in the middle of midfield himself. Yeah. Great guy, great guy. Uh, outside of that and outside of like Ryan, I Jack and I were talking about this. I really couldn't name too many Australian players. I was actually surprised how many Australians played within their domestic league. And I, I know that at least right now, it's not like the Australian team is very strong. They're ranked number 42, but I think I think everyone can kind of agree that Australia and where they were with you know some of the key players of the past kind of maybe overperformed. And now it, it hasn't looked as good that overperformance could potentially still keep on going, but I was personally uh, cheering for Peru because I 
was a little bit more tied to the MLS players like uh, Pedro Glesse of uh, Orlando City, Callens of New York City FC, and a player that got subbed on, Edison Flores of DC United. So I was like, oh, I recognize those players. I like those players. I want Peru to win. And unfortunately, that didn't happen because after uh, 0-0 regulation, 0-0 extra time, it went to penalties. And so you had... Uh, Peru going first, or no? Australia shooting Australia first. Australia go first. Martin Boyle, their 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 leading batter, if you want to talk about in, th- in things in baseball terms, got saved by Glesson. I was like, that is that man. That is that is exactly the type of goalkeeping performances that we are used to. When if you watch Orlando City, like that's why he was a potential shout to be goalkeeper of the year last year. And then you know Australia. And Peru kind of trade trade penalty makes. But the one thing that was very interesting, Jack, I know you've seen the penalty shootout, is the antics, Ugh. I I think is the way you can describe it, from Andrew Redmayne, the subbed-on oh, goalkeeper. I, I loved it. It was fantastic. Hey, can you describe what happened? Because I liked uh, yeah, it too. Some people right did, here. but I, I really liked it. Uh, so it looks like he shuffles around to the left and to the right. And then does a little thing with his hands and yeah, does like he's a like little waving dance. his like legs and arms like he's doing like some kind of like he d- like, he does like you know the like the the Russian dance move the down and up thing yeah that's yeah, what like it kind of looks the, like the raspy well. teen dance yeah, yeah yeah that that's the one yeah uh, yeah I was, I was when I watched it, I was like he literally looks like he's like a dancing a dancing he's doing elf. just dance he's playing yeah, just yeah. dance yeah uh, it was hilarious and. Yeah, and he, um, <laughs> I've got to note that half the time, like for the last penalty, I won't I won't spoil the end result because I know you're getting to that. But yes, the last penalty, he's he's jumping around and all that. Uh, and Pedro Galisi, he's just sitting down on the grass, like just le- just lounging. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Galisi was completely just nonchalant the entire time. And, and obviously it worked because he, he was able to, to save uh a penalty, but he was, he's literally just like every time uh, Peru is going up to, to, to swing, he was just on the ground, just lounging uh, all, all the while. It was, cra- it was a crazy just juxtaposition because yeah, obviously uh, Redmayne was trying to get into the, the Peruvian players uh, heads, trying to kind of throw them off by the fact that the goalkeeper was literally at sometimes just was not in the middle at all. It was literally almost like complete to one side. He ran side. the entire length of the goal yeah. multiple times. And guess what? For a lot of the kicks, it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gianluca Lapadula uh, makes it for Peru. Uh, Aaron Moy, previously mentioned, makes it for Australia. Uh, Callens, the man himself, uh, NYCFC, makes it. Good win off Australia makes it. And then... Like Peru, like they were shooting well. Uh, uh, Australia, you know, they were shooting well as well. Uh, but Peru, obviously, if they made this, it would be three to two in their favor, and it would it would have been it would have been a huge huge uh, margin to overcome for Australia. But then Luis Advincula misses for Peru. It hit it hits uh, the post and it is out. There there's a claim from a Glesse that. Uh, that Redmayne was off his line. I couldn't really tell, and also, even if he wasn't on his line, it, he still like he still probably would have missed. Like Advin Kulip still probably would have missed. So I don't know. I, I'm not too mad about it. 
uh, Frustich of Eintracht Frankfurt makes his uh, Tapia makes it three to three for Peru, and it's all even. They have to keep on making these in order to continue. McLaren of Australia makes it. Edison Flores, DC United, makes it for for Peru. Uh, Auer Amabile had to make it in order to really keep Australia in it. He makes it, and then Alex Valera, after Redman is doing his little his little jig, you know, kind of kind of dancing like he's in he's in like I don't know some some fantasy novel. Finally dives not only the right way but gets a firm hand to it and he saves it and. What I thought was really funny was the look after he saved it. He's just like, like was he like, was he, wow, was he in celebrating? Yeah, he was just like smiling and like what I, what I I've not I have not seen a match from this man ever before this. I I don't think, or at least I didn't consciously see a match of this guy. But he, you know he, he he's in his thirties. He's thirty two. Big beard, big like oh. kind of intimidating beard, and to it's see fantastic. him just like full teeth smile like yeah i was like whoa that is kind of intimidating but hey good for you so because of that australia moves on to the world cup finals and they will be facing i think france in their first game so jack how do you feel about australia beating peru not just as a a neutral but also someone has a vested interest in the group that australia is going into i think i I think you know, it's pretty cool. I, I like Australia going through. And also, also, uh, it's very cool because kind of stars aligning again, you know, uh, because the World Cup group that has been assembled for France, at least this time around, is very similar to last time around. Uh, the only difference is that instead of Tunisia, it was actually Peru that was in. Oh, wow. Them. So it was Denmark, Australia peru and france last time around so three of the four teams are back i did not know that yeah so wow. I, th- I think that's kind of interesting that that that's kind of aligned that way but it was going to be that way regardless of who won this final yeah. so w- would you rather have taken australia or peru in terms australia. of australia like, okay that, that, that's what i would assume right <laughs> in terms of like which would be easier to beat uh, yeah. like looking at france right now i don't feel confident in them beating any team uh <laughs> but you know, if I if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd say Australia. They they got okay. they got a little lucky on the penalty shootout. You know, in a penalty shootout, anything can happen. Uh, but Peru, you know, they they had to get through a tougher conference uh, to even get to the qualifier spot. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Australia. No offense to them, but they didn't exactly have like the toughest competition to get there I mean, you know they had what japan and saudi well, no, arabia in, in their, yeah but in their group to finish third in their group oh sure. oman china and vietnam although oman came very close to them oh yeah, so, yeah yeah you know uh their competition wasn't necessarily as steep as like you know uh as peru's who colombia was only one point off of them you know, there was Chile nearby. Uh, those teams are, are also very good. So mm-hmm. I, I, I feel more confident going against Australia. OK, gotcha. All right. Well, I, I probably agree. I, I do have to say that, that there were some people after 
this match who a we're mad at red main's antics i don't know get oh, over it on. it was cool it was cool it was fun <laughs> it, 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 it cost it, it cost peru the match and it would probably be a completely different narrative if he did that and still didn't save anything but all in all the way that i see it is that this shouldn't be an indictment on conme bowl i know people were dunking on conme bowl because they were like oh supposedly like conme bowl if they were in like european qualification like they would have they would have like won everything because conme bowl is a harder a harder uh conference to go through and they're saying like the fact that peru didn't beat australia who is no offense to australia but probably on average going to be a worse team as evidence that conway bowl isn't actually that hard isn't actually that difficult and i have to push back on that because not only is that uh frankly i saw a lot of european people saying that a eurocentric way of viewing things uh but also when you look at the greater context track i don't know if you know this but australia according to the commentators has only played four games in australia since uh the end of the the covid pandemic break most of the other matches have been played in places like the middle east in in the uae in qatar and so really qatar is like australia's home away from home they are comfortable there even more so when you consider the fact that australia were a lot more settled compared to peru in this match not only had they have experience playing in the heat playing in in qatar but also they've been in qatar since literally before june their camp started in may and they played friendlies against jordan and then they played their uh their afc qualification match against uae in qatar they beat uae and they got here they have been in uh qatar for the last two weeks they are settled they, there's no jet lag they are completely prepared this is their home turf right now meanwhile peru not only have they played less matches, they played one uh, friendly, and that was against, uh, I'm forgetting now, New Zealand, which, let's be honest, is not going to be the toughest of opponents. No offense to New Zealand. Maybe they can make an upset tomorrow. I don't know. But it was also in Spain. And so that is so much travel and not enough time to settle down. It's no wonder that Peru is going to be at an inherent disadvantage compared to Australia. And I don't say that to give Peru an excuse. They still probably should have, you know, been a little bit more in the rhythm as Australia was throughout this game. But that's like the context I I, I feel like is missing here. I, I wish I wish there's like a better way to do. Actually, I do know there's a better way. It could have been a home and away kind of leg thing instead of just all in Qatar. I couldn't really tell you why that's the case. I could probably tell you, <laughs> but probably money yeah. somehow. But regardless, like it kind of sucks that it had to end like that. And I don't know. Jack, do you have any thoughts on Peru and Australia before we head out here? Uh, congrats to Australia. You know, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's, yes, yes. you know, I think it's cool that, that they'll be in there. Uh, give more representation to, uh, you know, a, a part of the world that doesn't always get represented in uh, World Cup competition. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Imagine if Australia, New Zealand go. That would be yeah. a lot of that down would be under cool. representation. It would be very cool to have that. Yes. All right. Let's get into what the bulk of this episode is going to be, which is something that 
we are very well known for, which is transfer hot or not. I will tell Jack a transfer story that's going on right now or a transfer story that has wrapped up. And he's going to tell me if that transfer is hot, meaning it's a good transfer for some or all parties or it's not hot transfer, which means for some or all parties, it's a bad transfer. And because there's so many transfers here, we're going to we're going to take some pauses and do some trivia and talk about some other things as well. But Jack, let's start with the story of this week. Darwin Nunez going from Portugal to Liverpool. Jack, is this transfer hot or not? I'll give some more context later, but right off the gate, hot or not, Darwin Nunez to Liverpool. It's a pretty hot transfer. It's really good. Uh, okay. And there's a few reasons why. Uh, one is he's very good in Portugal. 26 goals and four assists in 28 matches. Top goal scorer. Not Top just for Benfica, scorer, but right. for the entire competition by six goals. That's pretty impressive. He's it 22, is. so a young talent moving over there. And, uh, you know, Liverpool need to fill uh, Mane's space. So, yeah, it, it works out really well. And for Benfica, who have had a history of some less than good financial uh, records, let's say, uh, very good for them because this, I believe, will be Liverpool's transfer budget record. Uh, it will be yes, one hundred million, including add-ons. Uh, which, you know, I can't judge too much based based off the club I support, obviously. But you know, it's it's a lot, and I also I also like it because uh, Klopp can never complain about oh we don't have the money to spend and like uh you know we can't keep up with City's spending because yeah. he likes to, he likes to do that a lot, which is one of the reasons I hate Liverpool. But I, I can still commend a good transfer when it's a good transfer. Yeah, I, I can too. I still don't think even if even if this transfer, you know, even if another one of these transfers happens, that they'll even get close to what Manchester City buy. No, but you're right. This is, I think, going to be like the fourth most expensive transfer in English history alongside uh, such great and very successful players like Lukaku and Pogba and Jack Grealish. So what great yeah. success stories. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. And Harry Maguire, he's also in there. So Oh god. <laughs> a, a lot of great uh great business going on in the top half there, but I also think that this is going to be a good transfer. 1.4 chances created per 90, like like Luis Diaz is the type of striker that I think Klopp would like, especially for his, you know, kind of system where where you kind of expect your forwards to be pressing uh Firmino I think sometimes is overhated I I think he gets too much too much hate I I think that people sometimes misunderstand the role uh that he has to fulfill it's it's not necessarily just scoring goals for him but it's also undeniably being able to link up with the midfield being able to link up with the the wingers and be as much of a facilitator as he is a finisher and i think when you look at what darwin nunez can do you get a sense that he can do all of that he's very very skilled at dribbling he, he i i think he's one of the the best like striking dribbling talents that you'll probably see 
but not only that, but he's able to drop down deep and kind of, you know, link up with uh, the wingers. So when you look at who he'll probably be playing with, uh, Salah to his right, to his left, I'm guessing it's going to be Jota or Luis Diaz. I see potentially a lot of success going his way because of that ability. And when you add on to the fact that he is such a clinical finisher, 26 goals, of course, is going to show that, then I, I think that there's going to be a lot of a lot of positives that are going to be seen from this Liverpool attack, which you know m- makes me wonder if him being there makes Liverpool better even when Mane's gone. Like year on year, minus Mane plus Nunez, is that a net benefit for Liverpool? Because when you look at the stats, average 1.03 tackles per 90, 0.59 interceptions, and is in the top 12% for progressive carries and dribbles. This seems like something that Liverpool has been missing. Jack, am I wrong? I mean, it's tough to commend rival clubs, but this seems, at least on paper, to be adding so much to this team that was already good, right? Yeah, it, it definitely does. I, it adds a lot to the team. Uh, the big question, I think, okay. is now, you know, how how do you arrange all of the talent that you've got up there? Because you've got Diaz, Jota, Nunez, Firmino, and Salah. You, you can start three of those. Right. And who do you start out of that? Right. It's it's a little tough. It's a little tough, you know, because they're all pretty good players. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think that's the only downside to this, that you're, you're getting a lot, a lot of options up front. Yeah, well, I think, hmm, I mean, I, I, I'd. The question for me is like, what happens with Firmino? I, I don't know if there's any transfers going in for him because I, I, I personally would kind of handle it the way that I think they are going to handle it, which is Jota is maybe the backup uh, for Nunez, and then Minamino is the backup for he, uh, Luis apparently Diaz. He's leaving. Uh, that, he's leaving. That's the that's the rumor I've heard. Yeah, well, I guess that makes it easy because I don't know. Like, do do you think from Firmino is going to be? demanding to start as many games like I, I feel like that wasn't necessarily the case at, at least in the second half of the season and so your your main players that you will be kind of uh, rotating to on a regular basis are going to be Salah, Diaz, uh, Nunez and then Jota and I'm guessing Jota and Luis Diaz might be the, the two that are more interchangeable obviously mm-hmm. you don't you can't touch Salah and Nunez I think you have to obviously give him time to see how he adapts so yeah yeah so i i think i think you're they're getting a bit spoiled for choice up top and it could create some tensions within liverpool but i'm sure they can find a way to manage it yeah i'm i'm sure i'm sure if they you know go through any tensions and some you know troubles with attackers they can talk to chelsea with their what 50 attackers that they have oh it's not that many yeah sure sure <laughs> uh but yeah i i think Darwin Nunez to Liverpool is going to be a very successful transfer. Jack, if you if you had a guess, do you think uh, w- w- what's the over under on him potentially being Golden Boot? Do you think he's a, a top three, top five, top one? 
this year, no. Uh, I'm okay. going to say okay. not, not this year because, you know, he's young and he's moving to a much more physically demanding league than the Portuguese league. So I, I, I'm going to say give him a year. Uh, and then next, the season after that, I'm going to say top five at least. Okay. Uh, I'll be a little bit more optimistic. I'll say top five uh, in the golden boot race, if not even better. I feel like unlike some other players, I feel like he'll be able to adapt the league a little bit better because he can create space for himself because he can uh, stand back and not just rely on being a target man. Like he can create balls for himself. So I don't know. I, I think that he'll find a good amount of success Obviously, we're both saying that, I think. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. All right, Jack, let's stick with the Liverpool and let's 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 get Chelsea into this discussion. Let's talk about Christian Pulisic potentially maybe being on his way potentially again out. And this comes off the heels of some you know social media controversy, him deleting like all of his Chelsea pictures, taking Chelsea out of his bio, his dad saying that it's a shame that he's getting disrespected, uh, yada, yada, yada. Obviously, he's had some uh, issues with uh, Thomas Tuchel about being played in his preferred position, uh, getting played on the right, or even sometimes as a wing back, even despite the fact that when in terms of goal contributions per 90, Mason Mount was the only attacker who had a better rate than him. And so, Jack, someone who's interested in Christian Pulisic as an American, Chelsea as a club, and hates Liverpool, how would you feel about Pulisic moving to Liverpool or really any other club? Freezing cold. Freezing cold. Freezing cold. Uh, here, especially to Liverpool. Liverpool might be the worst possible destination he could go to uh, right now. And the reason why, and we just talked about it, they just signed Darwin Nunez. Where does he play? Where does He's not getting on the left wing because Jota or Diaz, he's going to be behind both of them. That's a ter it's a terrible transfer move. If Chelsea, if not Chelsea fans, if U.S. fans want him to play on the left wing, that would be quite possibly the worst destination he could go to. Because he's not going to get start regular starts on the left wing, he won't. Uh, I I think it. I I also I don't. I also don't think there's that many problems between him and Tuchel. I think he's going to stay at Chelsea because he's he's still very good at Chelsea, and he got a lot of starts towards the end of the season. He was getting a lot of starts, getting a lot of playing time, and I think he should stay there because he's a lot more effective there, and also. Chelsea needed reinforcements and they didn't get them during the January transfer window. That was the big reason why he wasn't playing in his preferred position all the time. Because, you know, when you have to deal with Marcus Alonso at wingback instead of Ben hmm. Chilwell, uh, anyone seems like a better alternative. Uh, and Reese James being injured, too. You, you need someone who can be at least a little bit creative back there. Right. So I, I think that he should stay at Chelsea. I think he should stay there. Uh, because he's shown a lot of promise there and he, people are, people are forgetting. He's still very young. He still has, he can still prove a lot. He was very important in the champions league win too, you know, like, uh, now two seasons ago, I guess, but 
I, I think he should stay at Chelsea. I don't know what other club he could go to that would give him playing time while also getting him Champions League and all of the other competitions that he could potentially start in. Yeah, well, there's also other rumors that he could be going to places like uh, Juve to be a Dybala a replacement or uh, AC Milan, especially if they lose Liao and he starts on the left wing because Liao is a, a left winger. Either way, like I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, however, can you really say that Chelsea are going to give him the, those opportunities? I hope I hope they do. I think they should. Uh, that's and I think I think they will because Tuchel has insisted that he has no problems with Christian Pulisic. And I mean, look at the look at the the end run of of games too. He he started to play more towards the end of the season. So I I don't, I don't know. I I think that I think that he will have a role to play. And you know, you you know how good he can be because that goal he scored against West Ham. He he's yeah. an X factor for Chelsea. He he really is. And you know, it it all comes from getting some space in that attacking lineup. You, well, and, you need to clear out some space. And and th- that's that's kind of the issue, though, right? Like, he can be good. And A, there's the, the injury part of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's not something that he can necessarily control uh, under his own volition. Not something that Chelsea can control. But I think a lot of his inconsistencies inconsistencies come from the fact that he doesn't necessarily get consistent game time and so when i when i look at what chelsea's lineup looks like next season i i'm still kind of worried that that he's not going to get uh the amount of minutes the amount of consistent game time in order to reach uh, where he was i mean that goal against west ham that was his first goal in quite a while and and so to really look at that as something that 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 could be replicated over and over again that will require some more commitment from the team and i agree with you i i personally don't think that that this should this move should happen because of the fact that i think not only does he need game time but because this is a world cup year and it just so happens to be in the fall i think at least for this first you know, three months, most American players should just stay where they are because it is a it is a known thing. Like, even if you don't play, even if your form isn't the best, being able to stay with what you're comfortable with and just try to grow from that is a lot easier than going to a, a new club, not performing well and get your mentality tanked because of that kind of switch bait and switch that you kind of go through. And so I think it's a lot easier to even reestablish yourself in a known structure. And so, if anything, it would be easier to reestablish himself at Chelsea rather than Liverpool or elsewhere. That being said, I'm 100% okay at this point with him moving from Chelsea after uh, this season or even in the winter markets simply because... He won't be there to score any more goals against West Ham. Yeah, well, even if he even if he stays in the Premier League, I I think like if he were to go to Liverpool and that the pathway gets a little bit more open for him, or there's there's a more uh, incessant need for him at Liverpool, I think that that would be a 
a fine, even good move for him because I think unless uh, unless Tuchel moves away from his his current formation, I, I feel like there there's a team that will actually play like a, a straight up left winger, not just a, an attacking mid plays in the half space kind of uh, left midfielder, but just a straight up winger, which is what he is. And if he can find time there, then that would be even more beneficial than playing in the kind of Swiss army knife role that he's in right now. Again, not saying that that should happen, but I, I, I think for the betterment of the U.S. men's national team and his own development, after the World Cup is all said and done, that could be a move. That's enough of uh, Liverpool and Chelsea. Chelsea for now, I suppose. Let's move on to... Oh, wait. More Chelsea. Lukaku to Inter no. Milan. Potentially. Jack, no. you already said no. Transfer hot or not? Is it hot or is it no, not? it's not. I am never a fan of giving up on players after one season. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I don't give up on players after one season. If I I fully believe that Lukaku can find his 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 finishing boots at Chelsea. And you know, if he wants to stay, that would be great. I I would hope he does after Chelsea put out 100 million for him. But you know, I and also I just don't think the club's going to go through with it. I think they're going to try and keep him because of how big of an investment he was. Right there, they, isn't that just sunk cost fallacy, though? I maybe, but I think I think it's worth taking a shot on it. Uh, you know, Kai Havertz didn't have the best se- first season with Chelsea. It started to turn around towards the end, where he scored the winning goal in the Champions League. That's two times I've been able to bring that up now. Uh, and fair. He he had a great second season. He he was one of Chelsea's most consistent attackers, honestly. Uh, he he came up in big moments and scored a lot of good goals for us. I think Lukaku can do the same thing. What I what I think was holding Chelsea back in the past season was trying to stick to this three back system, which worked well with the players we had. But I wonder if now with another transfer window of rebuilding that can be done, if it will be possible to switch to a four two three one. That solves two problems. One, Pulisic gets to play in, in the left wing position. You know, he'll have time there. And then also could get Lukaku actually up top and and getting support from, you know, probably Mason Mount in a 10 spot and from Pulisic and, I don't know, either Havertz, Ziyech, or maybe someone else that we might be talking about later. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think it could work better. So with Against different center backs, which we'll also be talking about potentially for Chelsea. There's a lot of Chelsea on this list. Uh, yeah, there unfortunately I, is. I want I want Lukaku to stay if if he will, uh, and if he doesn't push for it, if he pushes for like a loan with an obligation to buy for, I don't know, seventy five million. Sure, that's not going to happen. That that's that that's that's the minimum. I think. That, that, that that's the minimum. I, I I don't I don't think that's the minimum because because Chelsea have uh, let players go. I know I know how much they like to turn a profit, which which is probably going to be the the kind of crux of that discussion. Yep, that should be the minimum, in my opinion, though. I know it probably won't be, but it should be the minimum of an obligation to buy. Well, here's the thing, though. There's reports saying that he's been pushing for a move back to Inter 
since December. So part of me is thinking this isn't even 100% in Chelsea's hands. This is also in Lukaku's hands or his feet even because he he wants he wants to be moving out. You know, he wants to be using his feet to to walk out and score goals for Inter Milan. And at that in that case, like this transfer, it's very cold for Chelsea. No matter, literally, no matter what happens, unless he's like, "Wow, I love Chelsea again. I'm going to score a million goals for them." It's going like no matter what happens, it's going to be cold. Because either he stays and he's bad, or he stays and doesn't care, or he leaves and Chelsea are in this giant hole. For him personally, I I, I think this would be a a, a hot transfer because he did score 47 goals for Inter Milan, uh, in the two seasons that was, he was there. For Chelsea, he scored eight. Obviously, there's a little bit of a uh, a disconnect there. Eight in the but, Premier League, more more outside, more including other competitions. Yes, well, I, when I said 47 for Inter Milan, I was talking about just Serie A, but yes, yes, you, you are correct. There's more goals to be had uh, for Chelsea, including you know some lower division ones. Are we really going to uh, talk about those? Yes, Maybe, probably not. There's still goals that are scored, and yeah, they were they, they were very important goals. They, they are they are still he wanted, goals. He won us the Club World Cup. He had he two won, goals in that competition. He won, so. he won you guys the Club World Cup. Cost a hundred million euros though, or so. So you know, helped us complete helped helped us complete the trophy cabinet. Yeah, yeah, for a hundred million euros, and, and I, that's the thing, right? Like I, I I really I mean this wholeheartedly. I don't think. Off the top of my head, I can name a club the size of Chelsea in the past decade that has so consistently been bad at hitting on player acquisitions. Like Manchester United, and and that 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 could be the only one. But but Manchester United also didn't let go of Kevin De Bruyne and Mohamed Salah uh, when they were coming out of the academy, or you know Declan Rice even, or have had signings like Ziyech, Kai Havertz. Uh, Lukaku and Timo Werner have only really one of those be a, a, a really, really, really good player. Yeah, it's fine. And Keppa. Put that put that guy in there too. <laughs> we don't have to put him in there. Right. It's fine. And and so I I think I I think this is just a, a symptom of a of a larger disease that, that Chelsea is going through. So Well, I I'll I'll tell I'll tell you what, there is a rumor. That Marina Granovskaya, now that Roman Abramovich is gone, is also going to be leaving, which would hint at a new era of transfers for Chelsea. Yeah. So I'd be and, down for it. I'd be and, down for in it. In which case, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just like clean slate and Lukaku does leave for Inter Milan. No, I, I and, want him to stay. <laughs> and yes, I, I know how much you like like players staying, but you also were the one that predicted uh, that Rudiger would stay way back when. And we all saw how that turned out. Hey, I I wasn't foreseeing a war breaking out and sanctions on Chelsea that well, prevented you them. should have. So, Jack. Oh, sorry, sorry that I'm not. I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of crystal balls, Jack, let's. I'm gonna try to use my crystal ball to try to figure out these trivia questions. All right. So let's let's do some trivia. This is Jack's. What do you even call this section? Uh, we haven't done it in a while. I'm forgetting what it's called. Trivia Jack or stat padding. We'll call it yeah. stat padding for this. Stat padding. Trivia yeah. Jack. Trivia that's the opposite way Yeah, that's the yes, opposite way uh, All right. These are stats from the UEFA Nations League. All right. So, so, so listeners, play along. See if you know more about the Nations League than me because it's probably going to be very much the case that you know more than me. 
All right, I'll Jack, go, let's I'll get go from the one that I think is the easiest down to the most difficult. So I'm not going to get any of these, but sure. We'll, we'll see. So between all of the groups, A, B, C, and D, who's the top scorer between all those groups? And this is, this is the top league. And no, for no. UEFA. No, oh. no, for all, in, in all of them. I'm going with Erling Holland. I know he scored five. I don't know if that's the most, but I'm going to go with Erling Holland. That is correct. Erling Let's Holland go. with five is the most. The Let's most go. in Off League A, by the way, is only two goals, and that's Jonas Vind okay. uh, well, from I, Denmark. I would not have or, gotten sorry, that. Sorry, Andreas so. Cornelius, my bad, from Denmark. Still would not uh, have gotten that. But Yeah, so that, that's, why, that's why I picked top in all groups. So next one, a little bit more specific. Who has oh, the gosh. most assists uh, in Group A? <laughs> In, okay, it's in Liga, you mean? In right? Liga, yeah, Liga, yes, my okay. bad. Most assists. Hmm. Okay. Well, and I, I do have a hint for this one if you need it. So. Okay, I, I will, will gladly take it. Okay, it's a player that you've raved about a lot on this podcast this past season. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. I I just I just said Liao, so it it could be him. Uh, I don't know. I you know. Kevin De Bruyne, I haven't like really raved about. Uh, Elmas isn't here. Can't the Turkey's not even in this. I can't be him. Oh, uh, he's not Turkish. He's he's North Macedonian. Oh yeah, sorry, North Macedonian. Jeez, I don't know wow. why I was thinking about uh, Turkey. Uh, man, I can give you one. I can give you one more hint if okay, you want. Sure. Uh, plays in the Premier League. Plays. Okay. Okay. That that could potentially. Help me a little bit. I am 100% stalling right now. Yep, I can tell. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, man. Just, I... just give it a guess. Just give it a guess. Okay. I'll go with Kevin De Bruyne because I, I, I know that Belgium has scored a lot. I, I'm trying to remember all the players that I have raved about, and I can't really name them. So. You're so close. You're so close. Because you've got the right team in terms of club team. But it's someone you have a nice little nickname for, Bernardo Silva. Oh, it's Bilva. It oh, is. Oh no, I didn't even think about Portugal. You you did because you thought about Rafael Leao. But yeah, that's true. You, you did not think about Bernardo Silva, who has three assists. Uh, okay. Very good so far uh, in in this uh, iteration of the Nations League. So next next question, you you've you've got one. You're, you're one for two. See if you can make it two for three that's here. An easy one. What team across all oh, of the leagues has the highest goal differential. Highest goal differential? Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> I'm gonna I've got I've got a hint for this one too. Okay. It's one of the only teams to concede zero goals. I'm gonna go with Georgia. You are so close. No! You're so close. It's, it it is those in it. League C, but uh. it's Turkey. Okay. Turkey, they Taught. both have scored 12 goals, but Georgia has conceded two. Oh my so, gosh, Georgia letting me down. You were so close. Like, I, I forgot that Turkey's in League C. Man, they yeah. suck. Jeez. Plus 12 goal differential. Good for them. Who's in their group, yeah. though? I have to know. <laughs> who's in their group? Um, let, let me see who's in the mighty UEFA Nations League group here. That's right. Turkey renamed themselves. That's why that result didn't pop up. I found it. It's it's Luxembourg, Faroe Islands, and Lithuania. <laughs> They're really beating some stellar competition. There. Yeah, jeez, jeez. Yeah, um, it's it's great for them. Good for them. You know, uh, Bro, I've been so close with these last two. Crap. Yeah. 
these last two are very are, are tough, but you, you're going to get at least one of these now. And based off that, you could probably get the others. So what okay. three teams have across all of the leagues have zero points? Zero points. Yes. Wow. Not zero wins because yeah. for obvious reasons, I didn't include zero wins. Uh, zero points. Zero points, bro. I don't even know. I'll, I'll give you a hint. You literally just saw one of them when you when you looked oh. at it. <laughs> okay, one's Lithuania. Yep, one's Lithuania. And you for can sure. probably guess at least one other one. Okay. Zero points. Zero points. I don't know. San In Marino. Europe. Yeah, yeah. San Marino is yeah. another one, and All one right, other one. There's one other one. One other one. Okay, can't be Gibraltar. They have, they they have some points. Uh, I, I honestly don't think anyone in League A has gone zero for three or zero for four because I feel like I would have known that. So I am going to guess probably, I don't know, I'll, I'll go with another small country. I'll go, oh no, because all those small countries are in League D, which is like their level. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just going to I'm just going to go shoot from the hip. I'm going to go with Liechtenstein. That is correct. It is Liechtenstein. Oh, no way. So you got you got three for three. Liechtenstein have zero, uh, zero points so far. Uh, San Marino, also zero points. Of course. And Lithuania, zero points. So there you go. You, you're, you're at 50 percent. Now, this yes. last question. Uh, this has a bonus point attached to it. OK, so we'll, we'll go for the first one and then we'll go for the bonus point. So. How many teams have a perfect record? And that doesn't mean like no losses. It means only wins. How so many, how many teams, teams? So yep. how many in all many? of the nations? League? In all of the Shoot, different leagues, bro. A through D. How many have perfect records? Okay, well, I'm pretty sure Georgia still have a perfect record. I don't know any league A uh, teams that have a perfect record. And so knowing that and knowing that there's at least one, I'm going to extrapolate and say that there are no oh, Turkey's probably perfect, too. They have to be. They, they haven't conceded any. So it's two. I uh, you know deduction, right? Deduction. There you go. All right. And I, I, I remember saying the set that Georgia is perfect. Or are they? Because they conceded two, so what is what could that possibly mean? <laughs> okay, well, I, I know there's still at least one, maybe two. I'm going to extrapolate and say that there's three perfect teams. That is incorrect. There Darn. Are five. Five? Five Ooh. perfect teams. That's, that's teams? the bonus question now. You get to figure out the five okay. teams. You, five. You can... So, okay. So, I can tell you that... Uh, from the from from the ones that you listed, you only had one of those correct. Okay, well, obviously I'll, that's going to be uh, Turkey. Okay, so right. you've got four other ones, and you were also right that there are none in League A yeah. with a perfect record. So I'm gonna go with Norway. Is is Nor is Norway one Norway of them? Norway is not one. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. Okay, so maybe I can, maybe I can get. Th three if if you can if you can get three out of five i'll, I'll give you the point oh, so you've gosh. got one so far all right come on aj think about good teams that you know are in league b uh ooh, serbia is serbia one of them serbia is not one of them 
okay then. I know. So I you've got to get the next two dead on. You got it. You got <laughs> oh, to. That's not gonna happen. Uh, are you sure about uh, that? Is I don't even know which teams are in League B. Okay. Okay. No. Not Scotland. Not Ireland. Not Sweden. I am just gonna again. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot from the hip. And I'm gonna hope for the best. I'm going with. Poland? Nah, I can't say Poland either. Uh, uh, uh I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, Ukraine. There as you go. One. Okay. Oh, really? That is Actually? one. Yep. They oh, have. Crap. They've I... only played two games so far. Well, and they've nah, won okay. both. Well, so. That's cheating for them. Uh, well, but they they still have a perfect record regardless. And other perfect record. Do you? I. I'll, I I'll give you. I'll Slovenia. Give you, I was gonna give you another hint. Do you okay. want the? Do you want the yeah, last fine. hint? Yeah, fine. I didn't say Slovenia. Group C or D. Like, None, like, no more in group B. Okay. So who is the best of the minnows? The best of the minnows? Shoot. Uh, I don't know. Let's go. Let's go with Andorra. Yeah. No, I know. It's not right. <laughs> Andorra is not correct. Who uh, is it? It is... Greece is actually one of them. Oh, they gonna, are perfect. Actually also, Greece. actually, they also have zero goals conceded, uh, but seven scored only. Uh, but their group is Kosovo, Cyprus and Northern Ireland. That's so, cheating. That's Greece. There's also uh, Latvia. And Estonia, two countries that I've actually studied for my research job. So uh, that's so lame, bro. I've actually studied all of these countries in depth for my research job. So. Fun fact about that, you know, uh, awesome. So you uh, unfortunately, well, the bonus point doesn't count against you for not getting it. So you you got two out of five. Uh, so listeners, maybe maybe the listeners did a little bit better on uh, some Nations League Fair trivia enough. that yeah. got way more obscure as we went along. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'll be honest. I, I don't watch that many League C games. I have caught a well, few. We can't actually. really because it's all on Fubo TV instead yeah. of being on an accessible platform. Yeah. Well, so that's the message of this trivia session. Yes. Put your games on more accessible platforms. And then you AJ will get more right answers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about some more transfers, Jack, starting with uh, Juve to Inter is a move that's happening right now for one. Dybala to Inter. To- Dybala. Well, I'm, I'm saying yep. like like Dybala oh, okay. is moving from Juve to Inter. That's <laughs> okay. what I'm saying. I was uh, I I I'm I'm just making sure you you yeah. haven't lost it. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's the reason why I did badly on trivia. So <laughs> my brain's not working today. No. No. Uh, from Juve to Inter. That is what Dybala is potentially moving from the Argentinian forward slash midfielder. Only 28. I always feel like he's a lot older, but yeah. moving potentially to Inter Milan after uh. You know, a decent stint with a uh, with, with Juve, to say uh, the least. You know, ten, 10 goals, five assists for Juve, even though they weren't super impressive, has, has won so many trophies for, for with Juve in the last couple of years. So, Jack, Juve losing Dybala, Inter Milan potentially adding a piece to be a, a new contender with? Hot or not? Uh, I, th- I think that this could be pretty good you know I, I think this could be a pretty hot transfer Dybala is still pretty good kind of in the prime of his career you know 28 and maybe what he needs is a little bit of a change of scenery to do better you know okay. I, I think he could do well at Inter Milan 
uh, link up well with Lautaro Martinez, his right. Argentine teammate, and you know maybe they could make some magic happen. And I I can't remember if this is um a free transfer or it is a free he is a free yes, agent. Yes, it is. Yeah. He? So yeah, that, I mean, Juve don't have a hope of keeping him because he obviously wants to leave. He's he's uh, already announced that he's leaving. Yeah. So, so it, it there's no there's nothing that Juve can do now. So yeah, it would be great for Inter. Inter of a history or a recent history of getting really good free transfers, and this could be a very good one. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I, I I think I think this is a very hot transfer. Not only because listeners will know that I'm a pretty you know high on on Dybala, but just the fact that I feel like Martinez plays a lot better when he has a ten under him, and he has really had like a very skilled you know ball playing playmaker uh, to work with. I think. Uh, yeah, the the top assist for Inter Milan was uh, Chalanoglu, and while he's great, I feel like there's a lot more room to grow above the 12 assists that he got, tied of course with Nicolo Barella, who obviously I think with with uh, DiBala will be even better. That, that's a gr- that's a great midfield actually. Not come to think of it, but Latoro Martinez he scored 21 goals, and that's obviously very very good. But I think having someone who can you know, take pressure off to get to get defenders off of Martinez and instead have to split focus between Dybala and Martinez, both of which can find each other, both of which can score a, score goals, is going to be absolutely huge. And so not only that, but maybe potentially Lukaku, you know, it'll be a good front three. So I don't know, it'll be, it'll be uh, pretty, pretty good. And I think that one of the best facilitators uh, in Serie A right now, so definitely high hopes for him. All right, Jack, how about uh, uh, another midfielder moving to uh, another team? Frankie de Jong moving from Barcelona to Manchester United. This is a, quite the interesting uh, transfer saga going on right now because United have reportedly offered 70 million euros for Barcelona, uh, Barcelona's de Jong, and they got rejected. Barcelona apparently want 85 million euros upwards of that even and he's currently making three hundred thousand euros a week making him one of the highest paid players in the world not necessarily because he's the best even though he is a very good player but because barcelona for a long time just kind of signed anything that was in front of them so jack frankie de jong the midfielder facilitator barcelona united hot or not uh, it'd be great for you. It would be hot for United. Uh, freezing for Barcelona. Uh, and plus, it seems like kind of cold for Frankie de Jong. It doesn't seem like he wants to move. He He's stated multiple times that Barcelona is the club of his dreams, that he wants to stay at Barcelona. Uh, it seems more like a reluctant type thing that he's been saying to Ten Hag in their communications where it's like, you know, if if I if I have to move, I'll consider Manchester United as a destination. But it doesn't sound like he wants to leave. And honestly, I don't blame him. Uh, he wants to play Champions League. Manchester yeah. United can't offer him that. Uh, Not currently, at least. Yeah. So, I mean, sure, Ten Hag could try and convince him with a project, but at at the same point in time, like. Barcelona probably want to keep him. He wants to stay at Barcelona. So and Barcelona also has a project going on right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So I think that I I I feel like it'd be it, it would be great for Manchester United, but it would be terrible for Barcelona. And I don't I don't think this one will happen. 
I, I, I really don't think it will, given that the player doesn't really want to move and Barcelona are going to want to keep him. Well, there, there's there's reports that United are very confident that this move can be done by the end of June. So who knows? Mm, we'll but see. Uh, but I think like not only does he not want to move for maybe sporting reasons, but I think just financially, I don't know if United can match that kind of contract. Not with what they're paying Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. But like 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 you said, I, I feel like I feel like he would be absolutely perfect for Manchester United, though. Of course, they have a pretty not great track record in the recent Midfield history department. for for Dutch uh, midfielders. Yeah, but I I feel like he would would it even be an upgrade to Pogba. I think he'd be a good Pogba replacement because he can actually not that Pogba can't, but he he's very skilled on the dribble. He's very good at at pr- progressing uh, the ball forward. He's consistently in the top of his class in terms of of that. I and. Yeah, I think there is one other issue for him going to Manchester United. It's mm-hmm. that he's not, I feel like we've said this every time Manchester United have tried to get a midfielder. He's not the kind of midfielder they need. I, I, they, I was literally going to say that. Yeah. Like, it's good in the sense that Manchester United get a, a good ball-playing midfielder, but with the same, same reason why Pogba failed, it might not be successful because the man behind him is not going to be as skilled was he gonna be mm-hmm. fred mctominay's skilled yeah. they need a defensive midfielder right they need someone who's going to break up players who's going to like go in for tackles win the ball in midfield get interceptions uh you know they they need they need someone like that and frankie dion is not that player necessarily he could probably do that but that's not where he's best yeah th- th- they need and i'm not saying that they should do this because i don't want it but they would need someone like declan rice Declan Rice plus Frankie de Jong plus Fernandez is like, I would say, a pretty well balanced midfield three. I think they need Ozzy Alonso personally. I th- I think I I, I think Ozzy Alonso needs to needs to enjoy retirement. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, but yeah, that 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 I I think is the major crux, to, and that's the reason why I'd say that I'm a little cooler on this transfer than any other transfer that's going to be on here, except for maybe a couple. Uh, let's talk about uh, I was going to talk about Real Madrid but we talked about Chumani is that how you pronounce him? Chumani Chumani moving to Real Madrid stacked midfield even with with them letting a lot of uh, players go uh, one of them being Marcelo they've added a lot to the defense they've added a lot to the to the midfield like Modric Modric has signed an extension he's staying but you still have the likes of Cruz, he's getting up there. But Camavinga, Casemiro, uh, Casemiro, uh, Valverde, and now you you add on uh, Chuamani, and it's crazy. It, it's crazy, and that that's an official transfer now. Is it is it a re- reaction to not getting Mbappe? Who knows? Who cares? Even it's still I, good. It's still good, and they still have Benzema for as long as he's able to. Uh, kick a ball so Real Madrid are going to be good regardless another team that's going to be good regardless is Bayern Munich because a certain Ryan uh, Ryan Gravenberch is moving from Ajax to Bayern Munich for a, a pretty cheap deal I, I think uh, if I'm right correctly it was like 18 million I, I probably need a fact check on that uh, but he's only 20 years old Dutch of course Ajax 
uh, but he has played outstanding uh, for uh, for Ajax as a more defensive midfielder role, but you know, still getting two goals and five assists through the Eredivisie season, and really, I'm I'm extremely excited for this. Uh, apparently, this was something that that was in the works for a long time. As someone who is casually an Ajax fan, I had not really heard about this, but this is a guy who can not only be kind of a, a deep lying playmaker, but also progress the ball very, very well. He, he, he's known for his dribbles in, in, in top of uh, Eredivisie uh, for them, and literally at the top 1% uh, in, in terms of midfielders within uh, the big five leagues. So he's obviously able to do that. He's obviously able to uh, be talented. And he's going to a side, a Bayern Munich side, that have some older players, have some players. Uh, uh, you could l look at him as, I don't know, potentially a Goretzka replacement if he wants to play a bit more uh, forward. Potentially, uh, maybe not Mueller, uh, potentially uh, a, a Kimmich uh, replacement in the long term. So, Jack, hot or not? I think this is a pretty hot transfer, you know. Uh, it's good to have some backup in, in that position, and uh, I think Gravenberch is a great player. You know, I, I don't watch a ton of Eredivisie, but I saw them in the Champions League, and they were good in that. And Gravenberch was also pretty solid in there. So, I don't know. I, I'd like, I'd, I think Bayern are getting a pretty good deal with this. Uh, I'm, ex I'm, I'm excited to see him play there. Uh, and it makes Bayern even more stacked. Plus, Ajax are going to get a nice little fee off of that. So, pretty good. Pretty good for both parties, because Ajax fulfill their mission of getting young Dutch talents and developing them and then selling them off and reinvesting that profit to get more young Dutch players. Uh, and Bayern get a pretty good, pretty young still player uh, that they can adapt to their system. So, very hot transfer for both sides. Yeah, very hot indeed. I I wonder how many minutes he's gonna get. I, I know Bayern um, obviously are in a lot of competitions, so you can definitely see him playing a lot, especially in the cup competitions. But overall, I'm I'm very ha happy to 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 see this happen. Yeah. Always good now, to see young players develop on. Yeah. Now, AJ, I'll, I'll introduce this next one because I think this is one that you yeah, should go ahead. that you should talk about uh, because. You know, what, what everyone knows how big of a West Ham fan AJ is. The biggest. Uh, probably the biggest West Ham fan in Minnesota, if I had to guess. That possibly might the only, not even be a lie. <laughs> probably That's the, the thing, only West Ham fan in Minnesota. Uh, but, you know, as, as, a, as a result, I think it's only fair to get your reaction to this. Uh, which is Jared Bowen. Great player for West Ham. Signed from yeah. Hull City a few seasons back. Potentially going across london up to north london for arsenal aj is this transfer hot or not it would honestly here's the thing i i obviously think it's a not hot transfer and the reason that's the case is because i think this would in the long run suck more than losing Declan Rice. With Declan Rice, we know that he's going to leave eventually, whether he runs the contract down or hopefully we get some money for him. But Jared Bowen is someone who I, I feel like could potentially stay with, with West Ham for a couple more seasons than Declan Rice. He's only he's still only 24. He 
obviously likes the team. He obviously uh, likes David Moyes. He, he, he likes how much he's able to be relied on when he plays for West Ham. He scored 12 goals, assisted 10. He was a key part of our Europa League run. And so I feel like losing him would kind of be more of a blind side than losing Declan Rice. Declan Rice is a known commodity. We know that we're going to lose him, and we need to further plan that. But getting him from Hull City, which is, you know, not exactly the place that a lot of Premier League teams will look for in the championship, was such a good get, and it would really suck to lose him. That being said, Jack said he it might be thirty million. If it's like fifty or sixty million, that would be crazy because because that 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 would be some good business, and that's what I think would require for me to say that it's a hot transfer. Uh, he's the most informed English winger right now, so that comes at a, a you know the English tax come he's gonna come at a premium, to say the least. But even like in, uh, Arsenal squad like. I, I still even think it would be hot for them. And I, I know that, you know, they have a lot of good, even English wingers, you know, uh, Saka's in there. Then you have uh, Pepe and Martinelli potentially as wingers. But I, I feel like he, he is very, very good, uh, you know, good older depth, mature depth. And so even though he's only 24, he's been at this level. He's been consistently performing at this level. So I feel like he would help Arsenal out a lot. I would hate it so much. And again, I'd much rather see him go to Liverpool. Like, I, like, I don't know why. I just don't have any problems with Liverpool right now. Which is, oh, I don't know, saying something. Because <laughs> I've experienced their fans as well. Even in person. Literally even in person. So, I don't know. But Arsenal, screw Arsenal. I, don't, I do not want <laughs> him there. This is ice cold in my mind right now. I, I, I don't think it would be a good transfer either. I, I'm not going to say ice cold. I'm going to say pretty cold, though. I'm going to say ice cold. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be good for West Ham. Wouldn't be good. It, it, it could be good business if they can get him for like 60, 65 million. Sure. Sure. Like yeah, that's a uh, that's a huge turnaround in profit. I mean, like I, I'll drive I'll drive him to uh, Emirates Stadium myself. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's a cr- that's a crazy amount of money. Yeah. Like uh, if, if they can get that much, like, sure. But. If if it's like thirty one million pounds, no, no, not a chance. West Ham would West Ham would get more money keeping him at the club with how much better he makes West Ham as a team. In terms of like table placement, I think the table placement. Uh, what what's the what's the baseball ball stat about that? Like uh, value over replacement or right, wins val- over above wins over replacement? More. Right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like his his points over replacement is. A lot higher and gets uh west ham more than 31 million so yeah and arsenal they've got they've got enough young english talent get away go away. all right how yeah. about not english uh talent how about uh i don't even know uh, malinkovic uh, savage yeah I, I, no i was trying to figure out his uh his nationality he's serbian so that's he's right. serbian yes uh yeah but but, but malinkovic savage potentially moving from lazio to arsenal and obviously, he's not a winger. He's a central midfielder. Uh, but Jack, after, I would say, a pretty successful season with Lazio, probably their best player, 11 goals, 11 assists. Is this transfer hot or not? Uh, this is a pretty hot transfer. If they, if they can get him, uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, 
like you said, 11 goals, 11 assists. Very important for Lazio. Uh, I don't like Lazio, so I would love to see uh, them lose their best player. Yeah. Uh, even if it comes at the cost of going to Arsenal. Sure. Uh, but this would be good. This would be very good. The only thing is, if his price tag is accurate, and that's how much Arsenal get him for, uh, that's a bit of a steep one, because he's valued at around $80 million, which is like 70 million pounds. Yeah. Uh, if, if they spend that much to get him, he he's 27, so he's still got some time left it left in him. Got plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. But I I also I I don't I don't know. Seventy million is a lot to spend on a central midfielder. He's very good, uh, but also Arsenal could use investment in other places to get uh, like that money in other places, like striker. Exactly. I feel like they need a central midfielder. Yes, but more pressing. They need a backup right back, a backup left back, and a striker. Uh, because they have no depth at those fullback positions and no striker at all. So they, or I guess they have Nketiah, but they could use another striker there. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I, I think if they can get him on a discount, great transfer, very hot transfer. But if not, it, it gets a little bit cooler, but it's still definitely warmer than room temperature. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think according to Arteta, they're willing to part with 42 million pounds for the midfielder. And uh, I don't know, I'm also looking at, at other like transfer reports saying that Lazio will only accept an 80 million euro fee and Manchester United is, of course, interested because when is Manchester United not going to overpay for a midfielder? Even though I honestly don't think it's an overpay. I think you to Lazio and the wind above replacement that is like what he is worth the same way that bowen or declan rice is worth that to west ham so i think whoever gets him is going to have a it's a very hot transfer i think uh, no matter oh, who yeah, it is for sure. it's a hot get i think he's a very very good player obviously so yeah let's see how he does in the world cup though i don't, I don't really have high hopes yeah. uh i also don't have very high hopes for a scriniar Hey, Jack. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. Sc- Skriniar is objectively a very good player. Of course, playing for Inter Milan and for the the national team that is on Jack's jersey right now, Slovakia. And so, potentially moving to big money club PSG or big money club with new owners Chelsea FC. Jack Skriniar moving to any one of these teams, obviously. Big teams regardless. Is this hot or not? Uh, very hot transfer. Uh, I I really am a huge fan of Milan Skriniar. You might remember last season, he was in my team of the season. Both yeah. mid-season and end of season. Because he's very good. I rate him very highly. He is a leader both for the national team and for Inter. Which is something Chelsea could definitely use with, you know, Azpilicueta maybe not playing as much. Uh you know, they, they kind of need that in the back line. I, I would love to see Skriniar and Silva even in the back line as, as a center back pairing. That would be fantastic. I would love it. And, you know, the reports are saying that maybe he's leaning more towards PSG. But uh, so I grabbed some stuff before the the podcast <laughs> recording. Let me grab that. And uh, 
They're just oh my focus. gosh, uh, listeners! For those of you who can't <sighs> see, not only does he has have his Slovakia jersey on, he also has a Slovakia scarf, and he just wrapped the Slovakian flag around. Himself. I did, and I've got a little message. Pull the Milan screen now. Pull the Chelsea. Prosim, rada bismi vashmali vilondina. Prosim. That means Milan Skriniar, please come to Chelsea. Please, we would love to have you in London. Please, pretty please. Uh, please, proceed. Uh, <laughs> that's what I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going on the, the final third no context preview post for sure. Yeah, Jeez. Uh, I, I, need, uh, I, I needed to do that. that. That needed to happen. So that's my message. Uh, please let me know if you get this Milan Skriniar. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Now, Jack, thank you for <laughs> gracing us with your Slovakian. That 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 was that was very good, Jack. And I I think I think that got him. I, th- I, think, I think he's coming good, to Chelsea. Good. In fact, I, I think reports coming. He's yeah. on the plane to London right Perfect. now. Perfect. Uh, Chelsea FC. Uh, you know, uh, Todd Bowley, Thomas Tuchel. I expect. Uh, you know, uh, just you know, uh, just like a hundred million from that transfer. Million. You know, uh, I'm kidding. I'll take ten. Yeah. I'll take a tenner. You know. <laughs> I, I think, well, you are, I think, more valuable than Lukaku at this point. So maybe 100 billion is good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think so. I think Skriniar, literally whoever gets him, that that, that is a huge, oh, huge get. He is, how how old is he even? Uh, I believe. He's only 27. Yeah. He's, uh, for, a he's center back, for a center back, he might as well be eight. You know what I mean? That, that, that's crazy young. And I, I think... I think he plays the ball very well, which I think is like the way that Chelsea and even PSG want to play. Have have players like if you links up with Marquinhos being able to play out of the back, be able to link up with the, the midfield. I think that would be a huge move. Obviously, Chelsea, we saw with Rudiger leaving. He's he's definitely not as aggressive as him, but he's still able to, you know, get the ball forward and potentially, you know, score some goals i mean he, he was able to score three goals for inter milan uh this last season and the season before that so obviously he has an ability to get up there so i think that this would be a very good move for either team i, I guess it depends of course on the price tag but very very skilled player and yeah how about jack Let, let's just talk about chelsea for a little bit because yeah because we didn't do that enough yet yeah, because boy, do they need some new transfers. Not an attack. I, I, okay, screening art is definitely understandable. Uh, Dembele to the Chelsea, I think is also like pretty understandable if they can offload some players, but potential winger, Jack? Dembele, what do you think about that? Hot or not? I think it could be a pretty hot transfer, and the reason could is... Could be, could be, okay. It's because it's a free transfer. If, it is if, free. We, had, if we had to pay for, for Dembele, I'd, I'd lean more towards no. But on a free transfer, and given the second half of the season he had with Barcelona, I'd take him. Uh, he was one of the most creative players, I, I'd say, like in La Liga for that second half of the season. Uh, he helped turn Barcelona's season around. I mean, he got 13 assists. I believe he was like pretty close to the top in La Liga for assists, which is, you know... <laughs> Not not some not something to to sneeze at, uh. You know, I think I used that right. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Yo, you're, uh, right, you're right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it actually he did finish with the most assists in La Liga. I was just cl- I was just verifying. Good that. job. I think that would that's a, a great free transfer, and he's worked with Tuchel before. Uh, 
that that's that makes us a winning transfer, you know? Reunite Pulisic and Dembele from Dort and Tuchel from Dortmund. Reunite that, and there you go. That's that that's that's the league title wrapped up. That's that's what I'm saying. You know, I I I, I kind of like this. I I, I kind of like this. You know, especially you know now you th- you bring it up. This could mean that that Tuchel is moving away from uh uh his three in the back exactly. situation, and now Dembele what is he's on the right? Am I right correct? One, yeah. So there right. you go. It doesn't. It doesn't even hurt Pulisic's position. Yeah, you know, just just get Timo Werner out of here. Get Ziyech out of here. We don't need competition. Just 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 keep Dembele, Mount, and Pulisic behind Lukaku, and all problems are solved. There you exactly. go, Jack. Yeah. You know, Todd Bowley. You know, hire me. Give me the hundred million dollars. How about that? We no. can both get. We'll split it. We'll split it. We'll. Uh, hey, hey. I'll take. I'll take fifty. Okay. I'll take it too. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. No, literally, like D- Dembele is objectively a very good player literally in the top one one percent in the top five leagues for expected assists which is really important because you know barcelona is not always the best at putting away chances especially you know in the first half of the season but he's getting those chances which is really important he's he's in the top one percent for progressive carries dribbles completed so he's able to create things himself which i think is very important my main concern with this because we know that what he can do on the field is what he's going to make off the field. I have the feeling that, especially coming from Barcelona, he's going to have very inflated contract uh, demands, which is tough, especially because he's a free transfer. That's good because you don't have to pay a transfer fee. But keep in mind, many times players demand that because you don't pay a transfer fee, well, you can just spend that money on me, more money for the player, a signing bonus, higher transfer, agent fees. And so with the way that Chelsea also needs Skriniar, also need defensive reinforcement, how much is Dembele going to add in terms of wins above replacements, in terms <laughs> of w- what he can add, when that money could potentially be spent elsewhere, especially in this like rebuilding kind of phase? Jack, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean... I, I, I get what you're what you're saying with that, that it could be a, a little risky, especially when you're considering wage demands. But overall, if he's willing to cut it down a little bit, I think it's a pretty good transfer. You know, that kind of value top assister in La Liga for free on a free transfer. That's not too bad. And playing under a manager that got a lot out of him. I think that's pretty good. Sure, sure. All right, Jack, our penultimate transfer, another Chelsea transfer, and that yeah. is Gaga Slonina, U.S. men's national team future number one goalkeeper. Recently, you know, chose USA over Poland. Not has ha- has not had the best of seasons with Chicago Fire. Might say a little bit more about Chicago Fire than him, but you know, has historically been a very young goalkeeper still only 18 has gotten some clean sheet records with chicago fire becoming one of the uh youngest goalkeepers to record like however many clean sheets he got last season so obviously he's a very top talent very sought after both on the international market and you know reportedly in the club market as real madrid uh bid was reportedly rejected by chicago fire even though selena did really want to go to real madrid and it looks like Chelsea are spending 10 million euros to Chicago for the 18-year-old goalkeeper. 
and it is expected that he will be loaned back to Chicago through the 2023 season. So probably until he is 19, 20 years old. And from there, who knows? Jack, seeing as you both, A, like the U.S. men's national team, B, like Chelsea, and C, are always a fan of cool goalkeepers. What do you think about this move, hot or not? I'm also kind of a fan of the Chicago Fire, you know. They're, my, they're one of my Eastern Conference favorite teams. Yeah, so, well, there you uh, go, there you go. Yeah, uh, I, I like the transfer. It's, it's pretty hot, you know. Uh, get, get a young goalkeeper uh, in, in the ranks. And I also like what Chelsea are doing here, unlike what, you know, Arsenal are doing for Matt Turner, you know, where he's just going there and he's not going to get any playing time uh, for before the World Cup, you know, and instead loaning him back and get, giving him time to develop more with Chicago especially Fire. for a young player. Yeah, yes, you're right. Yeah, especially he's not even 20 yet. Like he's he is legitimately what, three years younger than us. Yeah. Like, yeah, he he, he could use some more time to, yeah, to develop. He's got a foot on us probably in height. It's crazy. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think this is a good way of doing business and. I think he can become a great goalkeeper for Chelsea. Uh, you know, I, I think he could. He he definitely has a lot of skills, just needs to develop those a little bit more. And imagine, imagine Slonina working with Petr Cech to develop as a goalkeeper. That would be now, fun. Any USMNT fans, think about that in your mind and tell you that do- and tell me that doesn't make you happy. No way. Come on. Petr Cech is one of the best goalkeepers of all time. Yeah. And Slonino learning from him would be great. Yeah. Maybe he can wear the, the helmet too, you know? Head yeah. protection's always important. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, actually, and I feel like if Slonino really wants to be the next number one, he's going to have to shave his head because all, all the great goalkeepers have been bald for the U.S. Actually, that's what, that's what Zach Steffen and Matt Turner should just do. That's all, that, that's all the these way. mistakes that they're doing. Just shave your head and you'll just become a god. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's also a very hot transfer, especially because it seems like very low risk uh, for literally everyone involved. Chicago Fire don't have to look for a, a new goalkeeper for two seasons. Very good for them. Solina gets to develop in the way that he needs to develop, which is getting a lot of playing time, getting obviously because it's Chicago Fire, a lot of shots thrown at him. And Chelsea, it's either they spend 10 million, which is not a lot for Chelsea and get a potentially the best U21 goalkeeper in the world right now. Or in a couple of years, if it doesn't work out and he wants to move elsewhere, who cares? Sell him on for however much money. Good for him. All right, Jack, before we close off this long transfer window wrap-up, at least thus far, this last transfer, it's not even a player transfer we're talking about. It's managerial. That's Pochettino out of PSG. He's been out since December, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Has not been able to wrangle the locker room of egos filled with people like Hakimi, Mbappe, obviously, Neymar, Messi, list list goes on. And so he's out, hasn't able to win the Champions League with them. And there's some managers that are reportedly going to go in. Uh, Galtier, which I believe is... Leon Lille, one of the two. No, Nice. Remember, he moved. Nice. So he moved from Lille to Nice, and right. now, yes, you're right. Potentially to PSG. Uh, I, I was forgetting. I was like, he's not the new Leon manager. I don't even no. know. Uh, but I would say that's less likely, even though Nice were good this season, and reportedly Zidane will be potentially 
the next manager, even though I still think he's going to be gunning towards uh, the French national team please. spot after the World Cup. Please, right? exactly. no, before the World Cup at this point, uh, please just help. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But Jack, obviously, Pochettino out. Well, regardless of what what else happens, do you think that's a good move? Probably. Uh, it's it's kind of tough to say. I mean, he got them the league title, but he didn't do anything for them well, in the Champions can get League. Them the league title. Right? Exactly. Well, not necessarily. Not everybody can get the league title. <laughs> not everybody. Right. Uh, actually, no. It was Pochettino who couldn't get them the league title last season. Well, it was also with Tuchel. Was it? Did he leave halfway? But he he, he left halfway through. It, 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 it's not so all it's his a, fault. 50, 50, 50, 50 split down the middle. Yeah, but but Tuchel won the Champions League with Chelsea that same season. So like, okay, I mean, all right, come on. What did Pochettino win that, yeah, that season? He, he won, I think, like the French Cup. I think. I don't even think. I'm not even sure if PSG no, won that. He, or did he win the Super Cup? He won a trophy, and everyone made a big deal of it because he didn't win anything on top of him. <laughs> See, I, regardless, I th- yeah, I think I think it's a better. I think it's probably for the best. Uh, he clearly couldn't manage all the egos in the dressing room, uh, and it just wasn't working out this season. Uh, they they need someone who is going to put together a system. They don't need necessarily the biggest name manager. They need someone who's going to put in a system that is proven to work pretty well and can maybe cause a little bit of damage and. Honestly, I couldn't think of someone better than Christophe Galtier to do it. He was great with Lille. Like, there is no other... I honestly don't think there is another manager who could have won Lille that league on title the way Galtier did. That that defensive solidity was impressive by all metrics. And mm-hmm. I, I, agree. I, I think he would be a great fit for PSG. He knows league on, so it's not going to be an issue to win league on. It shouldn't be to in the first place with PSG, but then I think he could be the X factor in helping them in the Champions League because offense hasn't been their issue in the Champions League. It's been the defense. Uh, so yeah, go for it. All right, all right. I, I, I think that's interesting. However, I'm gonna disagree. Mm. I, I don't think it should be Galtier, and in fact, I don't think it should be a, a manager with like a very set system. I think. What PSU should be doing is focusing on a manager who can, who is just like known for man management, not necessarily a manager that has a system and forces players to play that system. Because let's be honest, you just said you, you have the egos, you have you have all the different players that uh th- that need to be able to be wrangled up, that need to be dealt with, and for those exact reasons i think you need to focus on wrangling those personalities and so that's why i think pochettino did not do necessarily very well with psg was because he's not that kind of guy we saw with tottenham that you know he has a system he has his thing he does his thing he wants his players and he just wasn't able to adapt to what was given to him the tools that were provided to him at psg and so when i look at what they need I think obviously they can't go back to Carlo Ancelotti for multiple two reasons, uh, but I think they need a, a coach that is more focused on just getting getting a group of players and looking at it and be like, okay, what can I do with these players? What identity can we shape from this? Because I can't really tell you what PSG's identity really is 
So I think the manager just needs to work with what he has. And I think Zidane is that perfect manager. We've seen how adaptable Zidane can be with Real Madrid. I mean, if you look throughout his Real Madrid tenure, it's not like they play the same exact way every single time. Obviously, when you go from Ronaldo to without Ronaldo, that stuff is going to change. And that adaptability is what you need out of a manager of such a crazy, crazy club like PSG. So for my money, I think obviously Pochettino leaving is a hot transfer out. I think he's going to do great wherever he goes because I still think he's a good manager. Hopefully not in the Premier League. Uh, But I, I think that Zidane would be the hottest managerial transfer going into PSG. Okay. And I think it, if he goes in, I think that is the X factor for them making it, it to the be, Champions right. League final and winning it. Because, and, and if he doesn't, then you really just have to blow everything up because holy crap, you have so many of these, these really amazing managers like Ancelotti, Unai Emery, Thomas Tuchel, Pochettino, and you still can't win. That's bad. But I think Zidane has to be like, if it's any, any manager that can get the most out of them now, it's probably going to be Zidane. True. I, I, can, I can see it. I can see it. But I still want him for the French national team. Honestly, I, I, though, I'd take Galtier at the French national team as well. That's how good I think he is. Yeah, I mean, my question is, this is not, nothing to do with PSG. Do you think, do you think Zidane's uh, outlook and, and way that he works with players, do you think that works with the, the, the French national team? Actually, I think, it could. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think, think he, so. He, he does really well in knockout competitions, too. And for the World Cup... Could be what France need because let's face it, they're not looking too hot right now. Yeah, and if he could handle Real Madrid and their egos and PSG and their egos, we saw that the French national team. Part of the reason why they fell apart last summer in the Euro twenty twenty tournament was because the locker room synergy was just not it. So I don't know. I I I do wonder if that will be successful. So. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right, Jack. Those are all the transfers that we are going to be talking about. Chiellini went to LAFC. That's cool. cool. We've talked about that. Go listen to our other uh, podcast episodes uh, to learn more about that. And Jack, if they do want to find those other episodes, where should they look? Uh, they should check on finalthirdshow.com for podcast episodes. But if you want to hear more from us, you should check out our Twitter at Final Third Show. We post a lot on there. And as AJ mentioned in this, some no context uh, episode previews. So keep a lookout for those and try and guess what comes up on these. Uh, It's always fun little game, you know, and it's fun to put together. Yes, yes, it is. All right, everybody. Yep. Go follow us on Twitter and on our website. We'll see you guys this Thursday for probably a U.S. men's national team themed uh, deep dive discussion to who we think should be going onto that plane to Qatar, the 26-man roster. We'll see what's up with that. Maybe in the future we'll talk about the French national team, Jack. I was actually thinking about talking about some more European countries as the the years go on. Not years, weeks go on. <laughs> years too, sure, why not? Uh, and, and next Monday, same time, same place for another news and predictions episode. And yeah, tell your friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would love to hear about all of the biggest transfers in Europe right now. And yeah, we'll see you guys then. 
See ya. Bye for now.